Here we go. Yeah! The Earthbox Podcast. Welcome to the Earthbox Podcast. Well, Earthbox. That is a made-up name. It's my gamer tag. Yeah, he's a great man, by the way. Yeah, baby, yeah! Here we go. Like it! Come on, like it! Subscribe to it, please! Earthbox! Yes, please do. Hit the like button. Smash the subscribe button. Do all of those things. You know, the ones that the other content creators are always begging for. Oh, snap, I almost forgot my hat. Fiendish headphones. There we go. There we go. I got to represent. I got to represent MAGA. That's right. That's probably, I'm probably demonetized by now for even mention, <laughs> even mentioning the, the traitorous words of the Nazi in chief. Clutch your pearls, he's got a red ball cap on. Welcome back to the show. I'm going to make some connections that I made with the uh, the last episode. It's very interesting. Some new news out just today, I believe. More Epstein documents. We'll get into that. I know, I know the video is blurry. Go to rumble.com. Find my channel. You will see that I am very blurry. And it's because, you know, I don't want to be recognized. Being recognized is wonderful. It's fun. We talked about that last time. But I'm not trying to do a TV show here, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do a radio show. Not everything has to be a TV show. I'm, I'm sure you would agree. I'm trying to do a radio show. I'm a fan of the audio format. I'm not a person that sits down and watches podcasts on Rumble or on YouTube. That's just me. I do this for you. I do this because I want to reach you on Rumble, and I hope you are enjoying what I'm offering on, on Rumble. But yes, the video of my face is very blurry. Everything else you can see just fine. But I wanted to uh, clarify a little bit of what I was talking about last week with the pepper spray. How dare you scoff at my pepper spray ideas? We need to be creative in how we wage this culture war. I'm sure you would agree. Antifa and BLM and really the modern day brown shirts is what they are. Have kind of beaten us in the innovation category when it, t- when it comes to protesting and uh, well, fighting the fifth generational warfare battles that have become a part of our culture. So I got this. Video from Guard Dog Security. Observe the canister pepper spray that I was explaining. Look at that pistol grip. It's the it's the size of some of your monster energy drinks. Don't drink those, by the way. You pull the pin, it fires 16 feet. That'll get you out of some trouble. Trouble like this from JonathanTurley.com. 
This video shows Antifa protesters attacking a small anti-drag uh, uh, queen story hour event. These two guys, well, three guys, two with umbrellas, which are meant to stop the brunt of the pepper spray, show up with another guy holding a stick, a long stick with a, a American flag and probably a pride flag. It's hard to tell from the video. They just start pepper spraying the protesters for no reason. They just walk up. They don't like the message, so they attack them with pepper spray. Now, if these folks had their own cans of pepper spray, it would have been over real quick because the guy who pepper sprayed them, he had one of those silly little keychain cans of pepper spray that looks like banaca, you know, that's uh, fresh breath. Well, they got arrested in, uh, in quite spectacular and encouraging fashion. You can see in the video, I will include it. I'm, I'm going to make a, uh, uh, oh, what do you call that? A newsletter. Although it's not really going to be a, a newsletter. I was thinking about this. I've asked you often in the past to send me an email, therealearthbox at protonmail.com. And I haven't admittedly gotten many emails, but I understand. You don't want me to have your email address. And while that is slightly offensive, because you don't trust me, it's understandable. That being said, I would never abuse your email address. I still don't blame you for not trusting me. That's why I've set up a Discord. You can find me on, at discord.gg, discord.gg. Add me as a friend, Earthbox, hashtag 1256. We can communicate that way. Anonymously, as God intended. <laughs> Other big news stories out. Tucker Carlson was fired. Apparently, it's a big mystery. Bud Light fired another of its marketing executives in an attempt to appease its investors. But one of the more late-breaking and exciting stories that we've discovered is that Portland, Oregon, leftist stronghold, has decided that it wants to try to refund its police. Headline from this article uh, uh, at thenationalinterest.org, Portland proves that defunding the police is a giant mistake. Well, no, uh, no kidding. You don't say. Of course, nobody ever really thought it was a good idea. It was all meant to masquerade as not only a leftist dog whistle, but also as a way to clear out the good cops the ones that want to protect and serve, the ones that took an oath to the Constitution to protect the people and uphold their constitutional rights. It's very predictable. 
They want the left, these leftist cities want to refund the police and no doubt hire a bunch of BLM and Antifa activists. It's history repeating itself. It's all part of the plan. It's the brown shirt revolution. See, they demonize the police. They force them to undergo medical experiments or get fired, leave their jobs, abandon their ability to feed and care for their families. So now they have all these open positions and who's going to fill them? Well, they're going to be handpicked by these psychotic public officials that have probably uh, manipulated or fortified their elections with the help of leftist billionaires like George Soros. That name keeps coming up. And our police forces henceforth will be polluted by leftist activists. And you can find the history. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. These, these people were called the Sturmabteilung from Hitler's Germany. Translated, the storm unit. See, this was how Hitler brought Nazi fascism to Germany in the early 1900s. Another interesting thing is if you, if you try to dig this up, and this is another reason why I decided I'm going to start putting links in all of my videos so that you can look at this. You can go back and look at the same articles that I've been referencing in this show. But let's see, what was my search term here? Ah, brown shirts became police. They were referred to as the brown shirts because, you guessed it, they were wearing brown shirts because it was part of their uniform. See, they used to be ex-military and they were real upset after World War I because they felt like the politicians in Germany, and this is, this is pre-Hitler, this is pre-Nazi Germany, but it's, it's getting there. They felt like the politicians had sold them out. And it just, like, the more we get into this, the more you will realize that this is exactly what the powers that be, our esteemed leaders in this country, have in store for us. So I type in brown shirts became police into my DuckDuckGo search engine, which, as I've mentioned before, is becoming increasingly more disappointing. And look at this, the first, the first option fact check oh of course we love those we love those fact checks from usa today an intelligence propaganda operation did adolf hitler defund the police in nazi germany the claim hitler defunded and eliminated police departments in nazi germany a post shared by multiple facebook users claims nazi leader adolf hitler defunded and eliminated Germany's police departments after he took power in 1933. The post, which includes a photo of Austria at the time, claims then-Minister of the Interior Hermann Goering defunded and eliminated police departments in favor of extrajudicial brown shirt squads. 
And then the quote of the meme, in 1933, Hitler appointed Hermann Goering, Minister of the Interior. His first orders were to defund and eliminate the police departments so that they would not interfere with his brown shirts. The brown shirts' mission was to riot, burn, beat up. So the way that they are able to fact check this is false is by playing the numbers game. See, this didn't happen in 1933. That's the false part. It started happening back in the 20s. From historyhit.com. A few paragraphs down. The growth of the of the brown shirts. After the Beer Hall Pooch, an, an event that occurred post Third Reich, the SA, that's the Sturmabteilung, was reorganized and took part in violent street clashes with communists and began to intimidate voters into voting for the Nazi party. Its ranks swelled into the thousands during the 1920s and into the 1930s. Intimidated by their thuggish behavior, President Hindenburg refused to allow the SA onto the streets during the election where he stood against Hitler. Hitler needed them on the streets to create chaos, which he could control. But he equally wanted to portray himself as adhering to the law, so he agreed he'd keep his thugs off the streets. And But then he lost. I have this other article from Holocaust Encyclopedia that digs further into the details, and I will include this link as well. Creating loyal policemen, a few paragraphs down. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to read this. After Adolf Hitler became chancellor on January 30th, 1933, he worked to turn Germany into a dictatorship under his sole control. To do so, the new government reoriented Weimar Germany's previously democratic organizations and institutions to serve Nazi ideals. This meant eliminating constitutional rights and protections for individuals. It also meant inserting Nazi ideology into all aspects of life. This process is known as Nazification. Does that sound familiar? It happened right around the pandemic. Suddenly, we're all trapped in our homes. We all have nothing to do but watch TV and read our phones. And that's when they began injecting politics into everything. The Nazis believed that the police would have a particularly important role to play in the new Germany. Therefore, almost immediately after Hitler's appointment, the Nazis sought to take over and transform Germany's police forces. But the decentralized nature of German policing in 1933 made this difficult. At the same time, various state and city governments, not the German chancellor, oversaw the country's police forces. See, they had separation of powers. They had local governments that had more authority than the federal government, just like we have in this country. In early 1933, the Nazis used a variety of measures to free the police from the constraints of the Weimar Constitution. They simultaneously encouraged the police to target Nazism's political opponents, namely social democrats and communists. On February 17, 1933, Nazi Hermann Goering issued a decree to Prussian policemen instructing them to work with Nazi paramilitary organizations, and to treat political enemies ruthlessly. 
The decree clearly stated that policemen would not be punished for shooting a communist, and in fact, they might even be disciplined for failing to do so. So in our modern culture here, we can see that we on the right are now being referred to as Nazis. But the tactics being used by the left are the very tactics that Hitler and the Third Reich used to bring Nazism into Germany. So now they flip the script. And the modern day Hitler, whomever that is, is using these same tactics to bring communism and Marxism into power in America. On February 22nd, 1933, the Nazis began deputizing members of the SS, SA, and Stahlhelm, a nationalist veterans organization, as auxiliary policemen in many German states. In Prussia alone, 50,000 armed paramilitary men patrolled alongside policemen. These auxiliaries brutally arrested and beat political opponents, interning many of them in makeshift concentration camps. Typically, auxiliary policemen wore their paramilitary uniforms with a white armband. The most important step in the process of Nazifying the police came after February 27, 1933, when an arson attack destroyed the German Reichstag, Parliament Building, in Berlin. Hitler was spo- responded with the Reichstag fire decree, which suspended civil rights and most legal protections in Germany. It also expanded the power of the police. This decree, which remained in force until the downfall of the Nazi regime, laid the foundation for Germany to become a police state. Now, what does that sound like? The Patriot Act, right? They created a false flag this arson attack on the German Reichstag and used it to create a police state. Continuing, in addition to expanding the powers of the police, the Nazis also wanted to guarantee that loyal, meaning Nazi, policemen controlled and filled Germany's police institutions. This would make it easier for the Nazis to use the police forces for their ideological and dictatorial goals. The Nazis did not simply abolish the police or replace them all with Nazis. They needed existing police experience, knowledge, skill, and expertise. Not only that, but suddenly getting rid of all the policemen would create a lot of alarm. It might create a little pushback. It would upset the apple cart. And you have to have the consent of the governed. That's why false flags exist to begin with. Now, this is the key paragraph. The same men who had been terrorizing the police and the public just months before were now in charge of major police departments across Germany. For instance, prominent Berlin SA leader Wolf Heinrich Graf von Helldorf had stood trial in 1931 through 1932, after coordinating an anti-Semitic attack. Under Heldorf's leadership, SA men had yelled anti-Semitic insults and attacked people they identified as Jews on Berlin's main shopping thoroughfare. But in 1933, Heldorf was appointed police president of Potsdam, 
and in 1935 of Berlin. This placed him in charge of the very same police force he had previously harassed. Does it sound like we're on the path to another Holocaust? We're definitely on the path to another World War III. But I think we're working with a few factions here. There's a few different things going on. There's a few different goals that are trying to be accomplished. And this, this timeline, this, or this storyline, it may just be a distraction. It may be failing. I mean, you can watch the video of the police arresting the, the Antifa degenerates. And, I mean, <laughs> feels good. I like watching it. I, I, want that, I want to see that kid a little, getting a little roughed up. He's an agitator. I mean, I want, I want to know who he works for. I want to know where his, where his money's coming from. How else are we going to stop this in its tracks? I mean, this is another one of, one of the, the roadblocks in Donald Trump's presidency. Without having the media on his, uh, his side... He was prevented from doing a lot of the things that, that this scumbag propagandist media would decry as fascist. He had to try so hard just to not be demonized in the media that he was prevented from doing a lot of the things, a, a lot of the things that anti-Trump Twitter are criticizing him for not doing. If you ask me why those things never happened, why he never finished the wall, why he didn't do this, why he didn't do that, I'd say because he was prevented by the mainstream media who would have absolutely ruined him. Now, maybe he really didn't have anything to lose. But this is why we have to have Trump in 2024. Because he doesn't have to worry about getting reelected again the way that Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy would have to worry about. These, these people that are donating big money to their, ca their campaigns, they want to see eight years. They don't want to donate to a one-term president. They want to donate to a two-term president. And they will be beholden to these donors. That's my opinion. So not only was Tucker Carlson fired on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, who knows when he got the word, the, apparently, as is being reported, it was 10 minutes before he was supposed to do his show. He was in the building preparing, and he found out that he was gone. And a lot of controversy. A lot of speculation. We don't know. We don't know why Don Lemon was, or Don Lemon, <laughs> Don Lemon was fired too. Isn't that wonderful? I dug through 
lots of articles, lots of videos, lots of blog posts trying to find out that, that maybe there was one thing, one segment that you could point to that would cause Tucker Carlson to be fired. And there, there was none. I don't know. Maybe Rupert Murdoch was really mad at his pizza party segment that he did to end his show on Friday. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he knew that he was done, so he threw, a per- he threw a pizza party. But why wouldn't they come out and say it? Why wouldn't they let him know that he was gone and let him make his apology? Well, we don't have the answers to those questions, but we do know why Don Lemon was fired. And this is a long clip, but you know what? I, I, I kind of enjoy playing these long clips because I don't have any time restraints. I can do this as long as I want. So I'm going to play this long clip of Don Lemon firing himself because I want it to be in context. What, do you have anything on this before I move on to I China? Just, I don't see what one has to do with the other, but go on. I took up a lot of time with Fox. No, it's fine. We have time. I, I, don't, I don't really see what one has to do with the other, especially considering... And she says and it's fine, and he says, okay, I'm off. ...to talk about black Americans. That war was not fought for black people to have guns. That's, that's, that's not... That war was fought for black people to have freedoms in this country. Yeah. Actually, that's why the Civil War was fought. Okay. And the sad but that part wasn't about fought it. For, for black people to have guns, I think. Actually, you don't know, funny fact is black people did not get to enjoy the other freedoms until their Second Amendment rights were secured. And I think that that's but, one of the lessons that we still learned. aren't allowed to enjoy the freedoms. I disagree well with you country. on that, Don. I disagree with you. I, I think you're doing a disservice well, to our country. Okay. By failing to recognize when the you, fact that we have the quality black the law skin team. and you live in this country, then you can disagree with me. But we're not. You mentioned in here that I we have three I, different shades Don, of Don, I think we have to be able to talk about these issues in the open regardless of the They're color the same of color. Skin. Black Americans today to say that, compare that to 1865 and 1964, absolutely have equal rights in this country. I think it's insulting to black people. It's insulting to me as an African-American. I don't want to sit here and argue with you because it's infuriating for you to put, that, to put those things together. It's not right. Your telling of history is wrong. Your, what, what, what part thinking, of the history was wrong? What, yeah. what, what, what part of the history was wrong? That the Civil War was fought. You're making people think that the Civil War was fought for black people, only for black people to get guns and for black people to the have The Civil War was fought for rights. black people in this country to get freedoms, a noble mission. And I think that it, even yes, after, right. even after we succeeded, to, to we had to actually secure those freedoms. To reduce it in a speech at the NRA to say you're making people think are you trying to say that black people um, to get guns? That was that, that was the reason that you're there at the NRA. That was the reason for uh, for the Civil War. It I is think a that's fact. reductive. It's not and reductive. I think it's Don. insulting. There are a whole plethora insu- of reasons that I, for look, the Civil with War. With due respect, I find I find your explanation reductive and actually insulting, including to black Americans to say that black people today compared to 1964, 1865, haven't made progress in part because of the freedoms we secured. And the Second Amendment was Black part of the Hold on, please. Freedom. I cannot keep a thought if you guys are talking to me in my ear. So, so uh, he takes his earpiece so out. So to say that, that black people, say, say what you said again. Black and his co-host is uncomfortable. After the Civil War, it is a historical fact, Don. Just study it. 
only after their Second Black Amendment rights were secured. They were not secured their freedoms after the Civil War. That is not you. You are discounting uh, uh, Reconstruction. You're discounting a whole host of things that happened after the Civil War when it comes to African Americans, including the whole reason that the Civil Rights Movement happened is because Black people did not secure their freedoms after the Civil War, <laughs> and that things turned around. People tried to change the freedoms that were supposed and to. And you know how they the got Civil it? War they got their Second Amendment rights, and they actually got the NRA played a big role in that. But today, down the, the final, NRA did the, not play a big role. They trained black Americans how to use firearms. That's a lie. That's not. The NRA did not play a big role. This is just historical fact. But down the the part that I find because you say it's historical fact. The part that I find insulting is when you say today black Americans don't have those rights after we have gone through civil rights revolution in this country. You are sitting here telling an African American about the rights and what you find insulting about the the way I live, the skin I live in every day. Here's where you and I have a different point of Black and white that black people don't have in this country, and that black people do have. Well, here's where you and I have a different point of view. I think we should be able to express our views regardless of the color of our skin. We should have this debate I'm not saying you without me regarding views, you as a black man, insulting that but you're me regarding you as a fellow citizen. That you're That's sitting what I think here, we whatever ethnicity you are, explaining to me whatever ethnicity about I'm, I'll what tell it's you, like to be black Whatever America, ethnicity I'm I am, I'll tell you what I am. I'm an Indian American. I'm proud of it. But I think we should have this debate. Black, white, doesn't matter. I think we should have this debate. On the content of the ideas. Do it, you should do it in an honest way and in a I fair way. And what you're doing is not an honest and fair way. We appreciate you coming on. With due respect, Don, I look forward to continuing that conversation. Thank you. Conversation. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. What a douche. Don Mill- Don Lemon made four million a year at CNN, but he is a poor, oppressed black man. You believe that? How oppressed can you be making four million a year? I was talking with my brother-in-law about how much money we make at our jobs. And then I asked him, what if you were making the salary of a baseball player? You know, multiple millions a year. And we were just riffing, going back and forth. Oh, yeah, it'd be so great. Yachts and second homes and this and that. And then we both just kind of agreed if we made one million a year, we would be set. We'd have everything that we wanted. Now multiply that by four, and that's what Don Lemon is bringing in every year. This guy that goes on CNN and makes Vivek Ramaswamy, an American whose parents immigrated from India, who started started businesses grew them to the point where he became a billionaire and now is running for president. Don Lemon tells him about how oppressed he is and about how wrong he is, about how the Civil War was fought to give rights to the black slaves. So good riddance. I'm glad he's gone. And he's disappointed. And you know why he's disappointed? Because nobody is going to want Don Lemon. Don Lemon is a douchebag. And Don Lemon is now feeling the effects of karma. Tucker Carlson, on the other hand, 
has just had a door open before him. Nobody can wait to hear where Tucker Carlson is going to end up to find out what Tucker Carlson's next projects are. Anybody waiting for that with Don Lemon? I certainly am not. I did, however, go to TuckerCarlson.com. Just pull it up for you here real quick. And I did. I did text Tucker to 44055 because I am very curious. And I don't know, what, what do you think Tucker Carlson should do? Where do you think he should go? I'd love to see him do something like what Steven Crowder did after he parted ways with the Blaze and turned down his contract at the Daily Wire, his potential contract. But I think if Tucker Carlson went to make a Rumble channel, he would break Rumble. A few days after his firing on April 26th, Tucker Carlson posted this video, uh, this video on Twitter. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. So he's telling us the people at Fox News would not allow him to speak about the topics that he wanted to speak about. I would guess not only because he wasn't 
willing to go along with it, along with Fox News settling with Dominion for $787 million meant that they had to attract new investors. See, Dominion sued Fox News for allegedly defamatory statements that they made about Dominion voting systems after the 2020 election. Now, Dominion Voting Systems was a company valued at $50 million. This is according to other lawyers that I've heard comment on the situation. How does a company valued at $50 million sell to a judge that they should be awarded $1.6 billion in damages because of statements that were made by reporters on Fox News. Even if the statements that were made by Fox News meant that Dominion Voting Systems was ruined, could no longer do business, how does their company go from being valued at $50 million in 2018 to $1.6 billion in 2023. It may have a lot to do with the ownership. BlackRock Investments owns almost all of Dominion Voting Systems, and they own about 15% of Fox News. It's suspicious. So after Fox News fires Tucker Carlson, they lose another billion dollars in their market value. On top of agreeing to pay Dominion Voting Systems almost a billion dollars for their alleged defamation. So did Fox News know that they were going to lose their judgment? They claimed that they couldn't get a fair trial. That's an easy pill to swallow for this podcaster. I don't believe a fair trial exists for freedom-loving patriots, much less Fox News. But I'm sure they were losing investors. New investors didn't new investors didn't want to come to Fox, new advertisers. And these potential investors, advertisers, they would probably tell you that they didn't want to come to Fox News because they were opposing the spread of misinformation. But I would argue that they're afraid of the ESG mob just like Fox News. See, if you don't listen to the investment firms that own most of the shares in your company, and you don't listen to the mega banks that provide the capital for your business, then they will hurt you. 
they will sell all of their shares, all, all of your shares that they own and tank your stock price. They will charge you higher interest rates on the loans that you need to operate your business. And this is why you see every major corporation in the country telling you Black Lives Matter. Here's our pride flag. We believe in gender-affirming care for 10-year-olds because they're afraid. Fox caved to the ESG mob just like Bud Light, and they're paying the price just like Bud Light. Bud Light fired another marketing executive because they want to appease their investors, but it doesn't seem to be working. You can look through some news results here if you're watching me on Rumble. Business Insider reports their sales dropped 17%. The New York Post reports that tri-state area grocery stores have seen Bud Light sales plunge by 50%. And the numbers vary because the media is trying to protect its corporate sponsors. See, YouTube was ramping up the censorship as all of this Bud Light controversy was going on, in my opinion and the opinions of others, because Bud Light advertised on YouTube, Bud Light saw video after video and channel after channel promoting anti-Bud Light and anti-Dylan Mulvaney messages. So they said, hmm, we're losing a lot of money here, YouTube. We're going to have to make some cuts somewhere. I certainly hope we don't have to cut our marketing campaign on YouTube. So YouTube, being the good little sycophants that they are, said, oh, no, don't worry. Don't worry, Bud Light. Don't worry. <coughs> we'll get rid of those mean videos. Because this is the new world order. Even YouTube will try to protect the corporations from the public. That's what's happening. The mainstream media, big tech, the social media companies, they want to protect the billionaires from you and from me. They don't want us to stop buying their product because all they're doing is what the ESG mob is forcing them to do. And this is how it's going to work, in theory. The banks are going to tell the corporations where their money will go, who they're going to partner with. The thought leaders and content creators that they're going to promote. And in exchange, the banks will give them a better price on their loans. A few points off that interest rate. That's huge. 
I was talking to my wife a while ago and telling her, you know, if we tried to buy this house that we live in today, we wouldn't be able to afford the monthly payment because interest rates have gotten so out of control that our, our monthly payment on our mortgage would be unaffordable. Do you see how this all connects together? And this is why they need the Restrict Act. Let's let Tulsi Gabbard tell you what the Restrict Act is. People should pay really close attention to the Restrict Act because the the Democrats and Republicans that have have introduced this legislation are trying to market it as something that it's not. It does ban TikTok. It makes it illegal for Americans to use TikTok, but it does a whole lot more than that. It gives. It doesn't actually mention TikTok anywhere in the bill, but it would be used to ban TikTok. It gives power, unfettered power to unelected bureaucrats in the Commerce Department to tell us what social media apps we are or are not allowed to use. It gives them access, unfettered access to our data, our browsing history, how we're using different apps on our phones. Uh, and it, it basically criminalizes the use of of VPNs with some pretty serious consequences. And they're doing all this in the name of national security. Now, this sounds a whole lot like what we saw with the Patriot Act. We as the American people need to be smart enough to not fall into this trap again, where ultimately we have, again, people who took an oath to support and defend our Constitution, our civil liberties, our rights, but they are hell-bent on taking those rights away and dangerously in this bill, the Restrict Act, not even allowing us to challenge their actions through our court system. Yeah. Uh, this is a very serious bill that threatens the very foundation of our democracy and our, our God-given rights that are yeah. enshrined in the Constitution, and we, we cannot allow them to do this again. You know, what's, you know what's even more scary? That co-signers like Lindsey Graham didn't even know they had co-signed on this bill, that these, these big decisions that are affecting our civil liberties and our freedom are being decided That's by right. a bunch of staffers um, instead of actual senators. It was embarrassing and humiliating. And and- he because it's the corporations and the lobbyists that write these bills to begin with. And they say, you're going to be a corporate sponsor on this, or you're going to be a co-sponsor on this bill, Lindsey Graham, or we're going to stop giving you money. We're going to make sure somebody else gets elected. Should be embarrassed that, about that. That, that. that he should be. And that should is be. where we have to hold these elected leaders. They, they work for the people. We're the ones Amen. who get to hire and fire them. And we have to hold them accountable to do their job. Yeah, I wish there were a lot more Tulsi Gabbards in there. Tulsi, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us this morning. It's great to talk to you. Likewise. So her. a little bit more about that bill. It allows the government and these agencies that are going to be responsible for enforcing this new Restrict Act to essentially deplatform, censor, and make unavailable any apps or websites that they claim to be representing foreign propaganda. Any of them. That means if this Restrict Act goes and becomes law, Twitter is gone. Because Twitter is a a free speech platform run by rogue Elon Musk, who is a free speech absolutist. And they can't allow free speech to perpetuate what they claim to be misinformation online where just anybody can see it. And as soon as they control all of the, I mean, the reason this exists to begin with is because 
we can see through the lies about COVID. We can see through the lies about the Hunter Biden laptop. We can see through the lies about defunding the police. Let me tell you how hard it was to find that full interview with Don Lemon and Vivek Ramaswamy. See, they don't want it out there. Why don't they want it out there? Because Don Lemon is a useful idiot that will do what he's told, and he's begging for another corporate media job where he can continue to lie and obstruct the truth from getting to you. Because knowledge is power. And they have to silence all dissenting voices. Because they want a complete authoritarian dictatorship. And they want to stop anybody who would threaten their power. And that's why this news from the Wall Street Journal is so important. Because it exposes, and and it's a long article, don't worry, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It exposes all of the people, some of the people, who are connected to Jeffrey Epstein. And it makes some really, really interesting connections. Remember how I was talking about Matt Hutchins last week, Helena Hutchins' wife, who was killed accidentally, I say with air quotes, by Alec Baldwin on the set of that movie. I'll use some harsh language. The official story is that Alec Baldwin didn't know the gun that he was handed had bullets in it. And he pointed it at the camera that was being operated by Helena Hutchins, pulled the trigger, and there just happened to be a live round that blew through Helena Hutchins' chest and into the shoulder of the guy standing behind her. Now, Matt Hutchins worked at Latham and Watkins' law firm, as we discussed last week. Another person that worked at the Latham and Watkins law firm is Kathy Rumler. Now, if you followed any of the Russiagate, Spygate saga over the last seven years, you would know, you would know that Kathy Rumler had a big part in a lot of that. And not just Spygate, but also IRSgate, an Obama scandal from Obama's reportedly scandal-free presidency. See, Obama was weaponizing the IRS to go after his political appoint, uh, opponents. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like the FBI going after Biden's political opponents now? See, this is another reason that they need the Restrict Act, because we're not supposed to know about any of this stuff. But they don't have the authoritarian control of all of these institutions. They don't have authoritarian control of the institutions that provide us with our information. They're close. They're trying real hard. 
It just isn't working. So my question is, what's going to be the big false flag that ends internet freedom? It's going to have to be some hack. Some major systems are going to have to go down. Ultimately, we the people are going to have to beg the government, please, please, government, save us. Save us from this awful information on the internet. Save us from our freedom of speech. The people named in this article are horrifying. The now director of the United States Central Intelligence Agency? This woman, Kathy Rumler, who worked for Obama, had her hands in and in covering up endless scandals for the Obama administration, which we would know about if we didn't have a propagandist media, which is something that Obama is also responsible for. And due to her good work, her complete lack of morals and her complete willingness to do anything to climb the corporate ladder, she's now one of the top lawyers at Goldman Sachs. controlling all kinds of financial de decisions that are going to affect every single one of us under the, banner, under the banner of ESG, environmental, social, governance standards that are about to be applied, if not already applied, to every single corporation and financial institution across the world. So how do we fight back? Don't give them your money. And I know it's easy to say. It's much harder to do. But you know what? I did it. I don't give any of my money to AT&T. I'm cutting ties with J.P. Morgan Chase. I don't have an Amazon account. And I have barely been inconvenienced. I use Pure Talk Mobile. Maybe you've heard them advertised on the Mark Levin podcast. I literally notice no difference. Maybe 1% of a difference. And now I'm not funding the telecom giant AT&T that contributes. They AT&T owns so many companies. Dig in, go down the rabbit hole. And the same with Chase and Goldman Sachs. All of these major banks own so many corporations. This is where they get all their power from. Look at what we're doing to Bud Light and tell me boycotts don't work. We can stop these people if we pay attention and stop giving them our money. We can accomplish this. Now I'm trying to get my outro music to start. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Woo! Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please smash the like button, the subscribe button, share the show. I rely on it tremendously. Thank you so much. I'll be back. <laughs>